mindfulness mode. We're going to actually take a breath and live and be new parents. And, right. and, like, and then we have to find any rhythm inside yeah. it all. Yeah. In the same way, like, we find a rhythm around Prince. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness here on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and mindfulness life coach, Bruce Langford. Hey, Mindful Tribe, I have with me some very, very interesting guests who can speak to us about a a vegan lifestyle. They can speak to us about yoga. They can speak to us about so many aspects of fitness and living the good life and enjoying yourself every day. I'm here with Boho Beautiful, and this lifestyle brand was founded by Juliana Spikaluk and Mark Spikaluk, and uh, they've done so well on their YouTube channel. You probably have heard of them. It's great to have you here, Mark and Juliana. So, hey, Juliana, are you in mindfulness mode today? I'm definitely in mindfulness mode. <laughs> How about you, Mark? I think so, yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you have content centered around yoga, travel, fitness, vegan food, and self-awareness, and conscious living, and guided meditations. We have so much we can talk about today. So, Mark, what does mindfulness mean to you? Um, it's a really good question. I think it's an ongoing understanding with yourself. I think it's a it's like an evolution of, um, of presence and awareness um, throughout your day-to-day activity and uh, just life in general. I think it's about just trying, having an intention to, you know, look deeper inward and outward at the same time. Right. And Juliana, what would you add to that? Um, I would definitely add the idea of like what Mark was saying, I guess I would agree to it more than add to it, but it's the, the internal and external awareness of everything that's going on around you and within you and also how we respond to the circumstances that life brings our way. And so finding this mindful way of um, acting through response, you know, so whatever obstacles or challenges life throws our way, sometimes that's where mindfulness comes into greatest practice because you have to be mindful to um, find that calm, stillness, compassion, kindness within yourself to respond to whatever life throws your way. So to us, it is definitely a lifestyle. It's it's the way we live and the way we continue to train ourselves to constantly um, be guided by is being mindful of our own actions, our responses, our um, awareness, and we'll let right. it guide us. Through. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to talk to you about your plant eating lifestyle Mm -hmm. and your book is called the happy healthy plant-based eating guide so how long have you been eating a plant-based diet about nine years we've been vegan yeah yeah wow mark was um mark vegetarian like 25 years 25 years (laughs) yeah wow yeah that's crazy yeah (laughs) and uh when we met we we both you know went into this new step to become vegan and yeah it's been nine years now and it was the best thing we've ever done for ourselves for our bodies for our health for our mindful awareness mm-hmm. well mark what what uh sort of instigated the decision to go vegan way back when that happened oh wow um i think it's again i think life is about growth i think that every day um the only person we should ever compare ourselves to might be the person that we were yesterday. And if you look at the person you were yesterday and there's been change or growth or, I mean, there's always change because we are in a state of change. So if you look at it and you feel like you're pushing yourself forward each day, um, it, it comes with great value. And I think when you feel that you're not is when you need to start asking the questions and, and those questions, I think, that we asked ourselves back when we decided, mm-hmm. um, I think that they were really important to, to not just um, understand how we behave on a day-to-day basis, but it, eating is a really interesting thing that we, we, a lot of us, we kind of turn into like a, a culture of shovelers. 
like we don't think about what we put in our in our in our mouth we're mm-hmm. just and when we sit down to eat we're not even conscious or mindful while we're eating let alone thinking about where it came from or what's in it we're just shoveling food in our mouth and it tastes good so it's like it becomes it's a, a habit becomes yeah. a habit yeah. mm-hmm. and i think that um once we started mm-hmm. sort of you know we took our yoga practice into real life like mm-hmm. we started realizing the connections we were learning on our mat um work ideas and connections that we could start looking deeper into things elsewhere not just in our own bodies and when you look at your plate you sit down twice a day sometimes three depends how many times some people four and it's a very personal experience and it's a ritual and 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 it's one of the few things that you have a choice over that you do on a day-to-day basis um because it's your choice what you put in your food or what, you, what food you put in your body. I mean, the other things you do religiously every day, you breathe and you sleep and you eat, you go to the bathroom, you're like, oh, you don't really have a choice over that. But these are things where, every, with, especially in our culture, the dollars you spend represent um, the ethics you believe in, in a way. So if you buy junk food, you don't, you know, you believe in junk food, you believe it doesn't matter. That's sort of your perception of the world. And I think as we connected deeper with ourselves, we realized, that there is a great, a deeper connection with sentient beings on this planet that I think goes highly ignored. Um, And once we started to connect with the idea of more of a, and not to get too flighty about it, but like a oneness with the world and a more of an understanding that we're a very small part of a big entity rather than we're the center of the universe. Like I think a lot of people live and sort of see themselves, but don't really consider it, but just act that way. Mm -hmm. Um, We started to realize that our decisions matter. And and I think it goes back to like the Gandhi quote, like we just wanted to live the change that we wanted to see in the world because we yeah. didn't believe that animals should be treated as subservient beings and that human beings don't need to be so clever all the time that yeah. maybe we can actually take a step back and take this evolution that we've been great gifted by the universe that we've come to this point and realize maybe that we had different cultures in the past, but now we have the ability to define the culture we want to be and a culture of peace and love and mm-hmm. kindness and 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 taking care like being truly being like yeah. the the steward of the earth <clears throat> like we're killing the earth every day <clears throat> we have all the brains and all the being and all the awareness like in comparison to animals but they live instinctually we have the ability to choose so we choose light and I think that that's how we chose. Yeah. And I think like also just to add to that, it's what Mark was saying is taking our practice, you know, our yoga practice that we live by on the mat and taking it off the mat. And Ahimsa is a beautiful part of that, right? Ahimsa is nonviolence. And to us, it wasn't just, you know, creating nonviolence towards ourselves or other fellow humans, but we took it further towards nonviolence to all sentient beings, to the earth, to to everything around us. And I think that's definitely the leading force mm-hmm. on why we chose to live a certain lifestyle and it continues to be. And it's funny because mm-hmm. it started with Ahimsa, like the, the idea of peace and love. Mm-hmm. And very quickly, there was many more benefits that came. <laughs> exactly. All of a sudden, like, you know, like you get in better shape and we felt much more like our vitality raised, our mm-hmm. energy, and we were leaner, but we were also, I felt, like the, our conscious consciousness kind of cleared a little bit of the fog went away. Um, didn't I felt, you know, I used to feel exhausted all the time. I've had a lot of autoimmune issues in my life. Um, and this has helped me manage and control those things. And then, I mean, and, and then, you know, the consciously speaking, we would thought about animals when we first went, but then you think about the environmental impact mm-hmm. and it's great. It's like, there's, it, there's an endless well of benefit mm-hmm. to like, to realize that those decisions are in our control. Twice a day you sit down and what you choose represents kind of what you believe in in the world you want to see. And so yeah. that's a beautiful exercise. Twice a day, it's a little bit of a, like, it's, it's like, wow, this is, we're, we're in control. We have the joystick, you know, we don't have to follow the crowd. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And and then there's the other side of it too, where, you know, you go into a, a grocery store and you just see processed food, processed food, processed food everywhere. And you realize that, hey, it's all about money. Yeah. You know, more than anything, it's all about money because it's like, how beautiful can you make the product look in its package and how much money can you make by selling that product? And it truly isn't usually about how healthy that product is for you. What are your thoughts about processed sugar and processed food in general? Well, we definitely, I mean, 
we try to avoid it as much as we can because same thing it's like we try to eat as close to the earth as possible right so if it didn't grow out of the earth if it wasn't created by sunshine and then all of the elements that we are also connected through then it shouldn't be consumed and you know obviously limited limited yeah like we can't say we don't eat it because obviously you know we buy certain foods that come in packages and that's just Mm kind of in our society right um we do our best to eat mostly you know vegetables and fruits and things like that but you know there is moments where we have to buy it and that's fine yeah it's moderation and consciousness i think and i think we recognize that processed food is terrible we actually did a program you can check it out on our website called detoxify because a lot of people ask us that question Mm -hmm. and we put an entire plant-based program together um, with a seven-day meal plans for breakfast and then smoothies or juices at lunch and then dinner and um, it's sort of menu videos, like recipe videos. And the whole idea was we needed to show people that you can eat wonderful, plentiful, variant food, um, rich with all kinds of flavors, um, mm-hmm. and avoid using processed foods. And refined we use, sugars, and refined sugars yeah. as well, too. And the sugars is an interesting thing because, you know, growing up where we have, it's funny, like the awareness of diet and the awareness of food, it's really come only in the last... I don't know, 10, 15 yeah. years. There's always been people who've cared, but as a general understanding that these things mm-hmm. are bad for us is so recent. Mm-hmm. Um, but which means when we were kids, like my diet was like Twinkies and Cola, like yeah. <laughs> literally like sugary so cereals. And, us, yeah, they yeah, didn't know the any better. Like, cereals and things like that. Cause you know, you see the commercials on TV and the kids see it and it's and, like, you just. And like you said, it's a profit. Like, yeah. and so they're yes. just driving these children to just go eat all this crap. Mm-hmm. which yeah. did me no favors because now uh, because of that i believe that like in my, it's my, in my basal ganglia i still have all these habit loops programmed in that when i see something it's literally programmed in me i find it almost impossible to gr- not to reach and grab and reaching and grabbing is the is the death of us so we do our best to not buy anything like that yeah, because so it's, it's not in the house <laughs> so it's because it's, it's such a part of our like our dna at this mm-hmm. point I, like you see something you know like you see a bag of chips like you can't I know it's terrible, but I can't help. I can't help reach and grab. So we just make sure it's out of sight, out of mind, you know? Yeah, exactly. And you notice that they're just almost everywhere in a grocery store when you first walk in and on the ends of every aisle. And then there's a whole aisle devoted to them. And it's like obviously a huge amount of profit that the stores are making from it. But it is. It's so difficult to resist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because they've they've manipulated it so deeply. Well, it's about, an addiction too. Like if you're talking about sugars, right? Like yeah. sugar, oh, you're, so many, you're actually physically addicted to it, and so it's yeah. really hard to. It's like drugs. There's molecules of morphine and cheese. Like that's amazing. <laughs> and I always wondered why I couldn't drive by a Taco Bell when I was a kid and not go get a Taco Bell burrito because <laughs> I love the gooey cheese. And then like, well, I've never heard that about the cheese at Taco yeah. Bell. Yeah, it's crazy. They literally there's like there. I forget what, the, what it's called. I shouldn't be mentioning without knowing but if you look it up there's a part like there's a part of the molecules of morphine like that they use to do that and the name of it actually has morphine in it and everyone's like what is that no it's like oh it's a derivative of morphine in cheese like this is crazy wow. like <laughs> we're set up to fail it's crazy yeah. Yeah, it's hard to resist. Well, on another subject, you guys have done so much traveling and you've enjoyed your time in different places. What pops into your mind? What are some of the most exotic, most amazing, most beautiful places that you've traveled to? That's a good question. That's a difficult question, I find, because I feel like anywhere we've traveled, every place always has something beautiful to offer, whether that is you know, the external beauty of, of a place, but also, you know, it could be culturally or the, the people, people that yeah. we have connected deeply with and we gained so much out of that experience. So I, I, I don't know if we can pinpoint well, one, one place, but um, we really loved uh, Borneo. Oh my we always in, say that one. In Malaysia. <laughs> yeah, because it's just a tiny little island. Tiny? Um, hang on a second. It's the second biggest island in the world. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but we went to a tiny island off of Borneo. Yes, yes. Um, but I remember, so yeah, off of Borneo, uh, there was a tiny island we visited. And it was it was so beautiful because not only was it the most beautiful island, you know, with the white sand and the crystal waters, and like the whole picturesque, you know, tropical beach um, landscapes, but it was also like there were these um, local people that live on these islands, like villages. And 
these people were so welcoming. Oh yeah. And they have like they have cows walking around on the beach. Like is the, the cows hang out on the beach oh, there. It's yeah, very on odd. the beach, the dogs, <laughs> and and like I remember we were shooting a video and like some man came up to us and at first we thought, oh no, you know, he's gonna be mad. We're on the, his beach. Yeah, or we're something. shooting something because sometimes you never know. People can get. We had a lot of weird people that are very protective of their beaches. Yeah, and yeah. he barely spoke any English and he kind of like sign language his way to communicate with us. But he invited us to come and have a little picnic with him, like next to a palm tree or yeah, something. Yeah, And like shared like some. He had homemade wine, which yeah, we was... politely uh, declined. <laughs> A little <laughs> yeah, but a little um but just the gesture of it and I, again like it was like we felt so welcomed and we felt mm-hmm. so um loved by this community and just being you know foreigners and tourists mentanani mentanini no you call it's mentanani <laughs> i think that's the island's name oh yeah it's a beautiful little spot yeah. it's crazy but the island of borneo as well in malaysia is beautiful just like the most beautiful uh beaches and waters and they have and it's just very untouched i think that's was something that was really special to us also i think it was special because um it's it's being burnt to the ground for palm like palm fields by the malaysian government at a at a rate where like in 20 in 20 years Mm -hmm. there's not going to be much of the nat like it's the most dense ecosystem in the world and most of it will be gone you know by 2030 2030 oh that's sad um so it was really nice to be able to go there and learn about that we made some videos about that, which was really important. We felt, mm-hmm. you know, we saw uh, like there's they have like wonderful animal sanctuaries there because there's so many animals yeah. that are orangutans, especially. Yeah, because, that are being subject to yeah. just like having their ecosystems torn out mm-hmm. from under them. Um, and the orangutans are almost gone. And, you know, people, they, I, it, you know, and we knew this, but the, it takes when you go there and you see it and you hear about it and you're, you're breathing it to realize mm-hmm. that they're actually almost gone. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy. Like it that's actually insane. And it, like it doesn't even make any sense. Nobody, nobody can do anything because there's this e- this like economy that always comes first. You know, mm-hmm. this thing we built. It's not even natural. Like we built it, and like it's the greatest religion on the planet. Everybody's just like obsessed with you cannot affect the economy. But it was also an interesting thing. You know, it taught us a lot about like palm oil because before that, we really had no idea like what palm oil like, even was, what it was, and like how mm-hmm. terribly it was, you know, for them to export it from the environment. And so that was a huge thing for us to even just be exposed to because it it taught us a lot, and and we also wanted to share that with our community and with other people, so there is more education and awareness about it because there's definitely like different ways you can avoid buying products with palm oil or you know anything like that if, any, if, if anyone's interested there's actually an app where you can just scan barcodes now yeah and it'll tell you if there's palm oil in it. Mm-hmm. always a really yeah it's yeah. really beautiful yeah and so it's one way that people can start to you know not contribute to that industry of um, deforestation of, of rainforest for the use of palm oil so um, yeah, so, but Borneo was wonderful. But to <laughs> go to, that, to the positive side of it, it was—I would say—that was probably one of our favorite places, just because of the so many different aspects that we went through and experienced. But um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. But there's been so many. But there's been so many other ones. It's and... been such a blessing to be able to do what we've done, um, and before COVID, especially now that yeah. no, yeah. you know, we don't even know if we'll ever be able to again. Yeah. Um, but to be able to just go and see the world in a state, you know. I'm sure if we do travel again, it's going to be under much different circumstances, especially mm-hmm. to a lot of the the places where we seem to be drawn to, which is more um, raw and un- undeveloped and untouched, untouched mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those places are being hit the hardest. Like one of our favorite countries, Cambodia, like I can't even imagine because it was in poverty and destitute when we were there. Um, the people were wonderful and so happy and, and it was unbelievable so again so yeah. so crazy to see in the world that the people that have the least are usually the kindest and that have the most to to offer as far as their positive energy um and cambodia was a living breathing example of that um and but now i can't i can't even imagine if because the the amount of tourism that kept them alive at that point like now what like it's gone and i think that that it sucks because i think we need we never really thought about that as as quote unquote first world countries that mm-hmm. have decided that it's you know a pastime to spend our middle class money to go to these places and like spend a week and you know experience it and then leave and so they, we built these economies again that are like that they all rely on tourism and we never expected something like this to happen and now yeah. I don't know like it's 
Can't it's even sad, imagine. Yeah. Can't even yeah. imagine. And what are your thoughts on COVID? You mentioned, you know, if we ever are able to travel again to that extent, do you really feel like it's going to impact our world that much that we may not be able to travel the same way we could before? Yeah, yeah I think it's... I don't think things will ever go back to how they were before. That's yeah, definitely like... It's here. I, I see it as, you know, whichever way you look at it, from which direction, it is a virus, right? It's just like, you know, the flu or whatever extreme of it, but you can't just completely eradicate it. Yeah, um, no vaccine, and so, no nothing. You know, it's maybe like, with the vaccines that they're claiming they will, but... but no, no, they can't, like, but, or else they would have cured the flu by now. Like, yeah. the flu, it's, a, it's, like it's not going to help. It's going yeah. to, you know, maybe protect you from some... But, I mean, it's, it's a really weird thing because... I think we've come to this understanding very recently, actually, that there's so much counter information mm -hmm. and there's so many people who have dug their heels in on this is what it is, or this is what this it isn't, is. or this yeah. is how it's going to work, yeah. or this is that. And most of them are really obsessed with the idea of going back in time to whatever this normal is. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like, and when it first hit, I really felt this way. And it's taken me eight months to come back to it, that there's a true, like, beauty and not beauty I hate, there's there's a chaos theory underneath this meaning mm -hmm. like we live in this crazy universe and anything can happen but we're so stuck into this rigid idea of what normal is and that it's safe and you know calms us and it calms our fear and we're all we all exist in this society until 2020 january and then chaos happens but chaos we're just lucky it hasn't been happening but it has in many other forms but at any point like there's no sure thing for anything in this crazy existence that we're all dealing with. And what's interesting now is there's an interesting reflection when I thought about that the other day and I came back to today and I thought about how much chaos there is um, right now with all the information. Everyone wants to have an opinion. Everyone wants to know because it, it makes us feel better. It makes us less fearful to think that we know, even if it gives us great anxiety because we believe that you know, it's the worst thing in the world and they don't, we don't leave our house. It's terrible as well. Or if you feel like it's, you know, we're being oppressed and we're, you know, our freedoms are being restricted, like, but that makes you feel better because you have a stance. There's people around you that you yeah, can relate to. Yeah, everybody is in like a specific bucket of beliefs. And, and, and so what's crazy is there's just, at the end of the day, like there's, there's no answer. There's, and, and I think the sooner you can surrender to the idea that it's, probably never going to back, go back to normal they like theoretically if you look at it from a rational point of view like like she was saying like vaccines aren't going to help they can't they're not just going to like having a little card that's a chip that bill gates wants to put in us and march us around so we can get on planes and they can know exactly what we've had and what we haven't and what we've been dosed with and what we haven't that's probably not going to help and neither is doing nothing because that's it's I, here. Yeah, and it's, it's chaos. And I mean, maybe in a you know a year or two or three, maybe they'll find a way to like whether it is through some sort of system or you know rapid testing or whatever it'll be to allow to people cope. to feel yeah like they can at least continue kind of moving forward. They go to a concert. Everyone has to take a rapid test. Yeah, but there definitely, I find, will always be a change. Now they're always you know even like for us like we're right now we're about to leave to Costa Rica actually in like two to three weeks. And even this process has been very difficult because, you know, outside of like flights being canceled constantly here and there, it's like rules keep changing. It's like Costa Rica required you to have a COVID test, like a negative COVID test to enter the country within 72 hours. Two days ago, they say, actually, starting November 1st, you won't need it. And then the next month, they'll start having another thing. And it's like mm -hmm. every single month, something changes. And you know, at first when we started being impacted by it, it was really frustrating because you're like, oh my God, like you have a sense of stress and anxiety that you feel overcome because, normal. because you're like, you've set your mind, okay, this is how the system's going to work. And then they pull the rug under you and now completely mm -hmm. things change. And so I think right now at this point, we've kind of took a breath and we surrender, but like, we're just going to take it day by day and let things unfold the way they do and just do our best to be in the middle of it all. And in a mindful way, recognizing mm -hmm. that normal is this moment. Like mm -hmm. it's not eight months ago. It's not the culture we had from 19 whatever until 2020. Like that's not normal. That was what it was then. And in a mindful way, in the spirit of this show, I think mm -hmm. um, like that normal is just this and it will change tomorrow, just like everything yeah. will change. 
Mm-hmm. And nothing ever can travel back. Nothing can ever go back. We can't get younger. Things that break can't get put fixed. You know, things that grow can't shrink. Like, it's just like that's everything is in a constant state of, of movement and change. Yeah. And so normal is just where you are in the moment. And I think when you surrender to that, it's chaos in itself. But at the same time, it's the, the true freedom and peace can be the only true freedom and peace when you're not kind of lying to yourself or saying this is how it is and pretending you know can just be found from like complete surrender surrender. just being like okay this is where we are it's and it's weird it's a weird thing we never expected this it is weird yeah it's so unexpected go ahead sorry i want to talk about your meditation practice Mm -hmm. what does that look like i I mean it's always in combined with our yoga practice Mm -hmm. it's you know we always try to find time at the end of our practice on the mat to find that stillness and I think recently in the last couple of months, we've had to find more and more time and energy to actually find that stillness. It's been harder than usual. Mm-hmm. You know, I find that when you're in a state of, of calm and everything's going well, like it's much easier to just sit and find that, that grounding. Whereas when you feel like we were talking about the chaos going around you everywhere, um, it's, it creates more of a challenge but it's also strengthening mm-hmm. our practice in that way as well, because that's the hardest time is to find that stillness when your mind is jumping around to a hundred things, you know? And so for us, um, it's been part of our, our mm-hmm. life and part of our practice and making sure we find, you know, even if it's 10, 10 minutes sometimes in the morning to, to just sit and breathe and, you know, whether it is practicing a particular method of meditation, you know, or whether it's just sitting and watching your own thoughts and being the watcher of those thoughts, kind of stepping back from, you know, being the driver's the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been crucial, especially dealing with a lot of challenges. Yeah, we put ourselves through a lot this mm-hmm. period too. Like we've yeah. done more videos than we've ever done. We're yeah. moving. Julianne is pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're expecting in January. We're moving to Costa Rica in the middle of it. We just finished launching our app. So we we haven't been kind to our um I guess our mental uh traffic state mm-hmm. through the last like COVID time period. <laughs> and I think that's made the the practice more hot and cold at times. I think sometimes like when you're in, like when we're launching something, it's like all of a sudden eight days goes by and you haven't sat on your mat. You're like, what am I doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think that's part of meditation practice as a whole and anything as a whole is that falling away is only an opportunity to come back. Yeah. And and to that, that's what it's all about. And so mm-hmm. when we do come back, it's always the that missing piece to re, reconnect. Re, reconnect and reground and us. very much needed. Oh, days. yeah. And I wish we did it every day. I wish I could say we've been doing it every day for this long, but we can't. Like, it's just like life is, life is hectic. Mm-hmm. It's hectic these but days. But I also find for us, our meditation practice isn't just sitting on the mat in stillness. It's also a lot about immersing ourselves in nature. I mean, we're very lucky to be on Vancouver Island right now where we're surrounded by many places of, you know, forests and ocean. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we walk our dog twice a day and those we usually do one big hike too yeah every day and those are always a moment where we can just go into nature and kind of put our phones to the side and breathe and in a way it's like that type of walking meditation you know where you're just Mm -hmm. aware of your surroundings but you're also allowing yourself to find that grounding with mother earth and and your external um things around you and so. that i can say we've been doing every day and now we do this entire time sure. which and i think maybe you know what's funny is that yeah. juliana left um with her mom when her mom was visiting last week mm-hmm. and so all of a sudden and the dog did you oh you had the dog too and i was like what do i do i'm on my own and i had to go out to the forest and take a walk mm-hmm. like i was literally like i, I cannot do this mm-hmm. because it has i think that is, as a, as a practice has become even more of a rock in our life than mm-hmm. actually just sitting cross-legged on the mat and mm-hmm. monitoring our, our being you know yeah because it it's a beautiful way to humble yourself you know when you can just sit down on the earth close your eyes take a deep breath and just like feel that fresh air coming into your lungs like you just feel yourself present and truly aware of everywhere that you are right now and that sense of presence humbles you because you feel small 
in a way, in this big forest, mm-hmm. surrounded by huge trees. So many beautiful huge trees. You know, and, and yeah. it reminds you of um, that these that the forest and these trees have been around you way before we came around, and they will be here right. way after we leave. And it, that idea right there as well is very grounding and very humbling because you're like, you know, in your mind you can really you, you create everything, all the troubles in your life. Like you're the, it's the, you're the center of it yeah, all, right? Yeah. But then when you put yourself in an environment where you don't feel like you're the center of the universe, um, it's very, very relaxing and humbling. It can bring you back to so many of yeah. those valuable um, pieces of you that can get so lost in the noise. Mm. And whether it's staring at the stars or sitting in a forest. Yeah. Yes. I want to ask you about your dog and how your dog has added a level of mindfulness to your life. And are you taking your dog to Costa Rica? Yes, we are. Yes. Yeah. We definitely are taking our dog to Costa Rica. And he's actually, uh, he, it's, what? I, I, I just want, I think what's really interesting about the dog, and you can take, I'll just set the stage, mm-hmm. is that in a way, I mean, we've had this dog, he's, he's having a really hard year. It's been terrible, actually. One of the hardest things I've ever gone through because he's he's terribly sick, Mm -hmm. Um, but he's he's a fighter. Um, But the thing about Prince is when we talk about his life because it's coming to an end, um, we realize that we actually owe our entire mindfulness practice. And in turn, everything we've talked about in this conversation from going vegan to starting Boho Beautiful, like actually starting it. We, I think we can single, like find, we can single out and point that the one factor in the chain of events that has led our life to this point was Prince, was our dog. Wow. And it's, it's so humbling because he's just a dog. And, yeah. but then you realize he's, he's everything. Well, he was the reason, like when we got Prince, we were actually living in Toronto at that mm-hmm. time um, in mm-hmm. a big city. And he, was the first reason that got us out into nature for the first time. Before we had him, we were constantly like, you never made time to do that. You know, it's like, oh, I don't an hour or two to go into the forest. Yeah. I have so many A and B and C things to take care of. Yeah, we live such a Toronto life. <laughs> yeah. And so when we got him and he was, you know, he's a big boy. So he required, he had a lot of energy when he was younger too. So we really needed to get his energy out. Everyone so- we took him to every behavioral coach was, was just like, well, you're going to have to walk him two hours morning. Because yeah. he just had so much. They're yeah. like, buy him a treadmill or walk him two hours a morning. Yeah. Wow. So we were like, all right. we know. So we started doing that. And so he was the reason that got us reconnected with nature. And then through that as well, because of his need for to express his energy in a way, you know, even when we would do solo walks with him, um, we both started using that time and embettering our our minds so we would be listening to different podcasts or inspirational speakers or audiobooks or anything that started to really um, shift the way we looked at the world around us you know like listening to different thinkers that are still on some of the most biggest inspirations in our Mm -hmm. lives and it was because he gave us that time to find in our day to step away from everything and learn and, and educate ourselves and immerse ourselves in different ideas that we never would have found the time to do that. And so, you know, outside of just reconnecting with nature, but also giving us the space to educate ourselves and dive deeper into our own self um, exploration was what combined and helped us start this next new chapter in our life, such as Boho Beautiful, to to face our fears of starting a project that we thought about and talked about for years before, mm. but always were fearful to actually press, you know, record on that mm. camera for the first time. And so, you know, and, and then once we left um, Toronto, he he's been by our side whole time other than, when we were other, other than when we go overseas you know when we went to southeast asia he's you know it's hard to bring a dog his yeah i was gonna ask together. about that yeah, yeah so he so stays he, with, with julian's mom yeah he would stay in calgary with my mom for those you know few months that we would be gone but anytime we back obviously we'd come back for him in canada or i don't think we would have came back yeah yeah i think he was always the reason that brought us back to canada otherwise we would have probably just stayed for years and traveled and hopped around but um you know we missed him and he's our family so we would always come back to him and spend summers together 
And now, um, you know, as we're considering to do this, or as we're doing this big move in our life to Costa Rica, and also in his age and the state that he's in right now, it's not one of those things where like, oh, we'll just, you know, leave him with my mom for a few months and come back. Mm. It's like, no, no, like this time, we're not, you know, getting apart from him anymore. He's going to come with us until his time comes, you know, because we really don't know when his time is coming. How old is he? He's actually only eight. He's turning nine in a He'll be turning months. nine, which is like a, a very age for a senior Rottweiler. dog for a Rottweiler. But um, he's got terrible GI issues, like in his mm. stomach. and um, just a, There's an underlying cause that no specialist can, yeah. can um, target, which is really, uh, it's been terrible. So it started, oh, they, oh, he's just got GI issues. Or, oh, it's just this. But it, 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 the inflammation, it, there's just so many issues down there. And anytime we do tests, and we've done a lot, it always comes back with a big question mark. So, mm. but you know, he's he's lost a lot of weight, and he doesn't look like the same dog no. as he was a year ago. But at the same time, he's still his quality of life, as we always see it, is still there. Like he loves walks, he plays, he eats, he sleeps. So as long as he can have that quality of life and all the love for us, then we gotta stand we're going to stand by him and keep him going until he decides that it's time. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're planning on settling in Costa Rica for some time. Is that right? You plan to stay there for quite a while? Yeah. I mean, we're going to have a baby there and we have a place um, out there that we rented and we'll see. I mean, we'll definitely come back in the summertime back to Canada because Costa Rica gets into its rainy season, like mid late summer. Late summer. Um, and it's just like monsoon. <laughs> so you, yeah. you know, we're going to escape the rain again uh, and come back to Canada because we love Canada in the summer. It's very beautiful out here. Um, so, yeah. And then we'll probably be going back and forth a lot. But, you know, Costa Rica has actually been a place that we've constantly been coming back to for the last eight, nine years. Since, like, got, since yeah. we've since been, been, been together. It's just been one of those places that draws us back once a year. Yeah. And it, it Outside of like, you know, all the beautiful places we talked about earlier, it's like, yeah, there's so many out there in the world, but Costa Rica to us, there's like a different energy where it feels more like home, you know, maybe because we do have a lot of friends there, but also there's just this something about this place that anytime we come back to, we don't want to leave. And so we figured why not follow our hearts and go where we feel our minds and our bodies thrive the most. How do you think having a child will change the level of mindfulness in your life? Or do you mm-hmm. think it will add to it? What do you think it'll do? How will it affect your mindfulness? I think I'm trying not to um, have any expectations. <laughs> we have no idea what to expect because this is our first baby. And, we don't, so and everyone has an opinion. Every person yeah. that you know we talk to, they're like, oh, some, some are like living the crazy, like your life's going to get nuts. And then other people are like, having a kid's the best thing. It's so much fun. And so like there's these drastic opinions that every yeah. parent that we talk to comes I, at us with. I've heard some beautiful things too from some mothers saying how a child will make you look at life from a different perspective because it's going to actually make you stop and look at the butterflies and mm. find this wonder and all the little things that we don't notice right now as we pass on by, you know, because mm-hmm. I look at even, you know, we have nephews and, and nieces and just, you know, seeing how they have been raised and like their awe and curiosity with the little things in life. And it's so beautiful. And so yeah. I, I think that our child is probably going to be a great teacher for us which is amazing because i think we're very curious already and we're already very slow paced in like reconnection and and finding the deeper the deeper value through nature and self and all of this so if that is the case that's so exciting yeah to be like we're gonna go even further so hopefully you know but again i think the thing is it's kind of like with the coronavirus i just don't want to have an expectation of anything um because it it could be anything, you know. So just let's see how it goes. And, yeah. know, we're just well, happy it was certainly it. an incredible experience for my wife and I, and uh, just it was just amazing. And even though a few people said, "Oh, your life is going to change," and you know, I'll have a rough time when he's two or when he's four or whatever, it was just beautiful. Every single year, every single moment was just absolutely incredible, and it still is. Wow. It so still amazing. is. And how yeah. many children do you guys have? Just we one? just have one, just one, and he's he's now nineteen. Oh wow! 
So yeah, he's he's amazing. It's great to have him around, and and we're just so so happy to have had him uh, because it was a beautiful experience. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I want to ask you if you if either one of you have ever experienced bullying in your life, because I always ask a question about this. Is there any story that either one of you? has that pops into your mind where maybe you were bullied in your business or in your life somehow and where mindfulness would have made a difference? Well, I think there's endless stories of bullying in everyone's life. Yeah. I mean, in ours for sure. For sure. I think both of us in our, in our childhood mm-hmm. have definitely oh, experienced yeah. that. But even taking it to the present moment, I mean, bullying in business, you know, our life is very public. And mm-hmm. on YouTube, we and we like to share our experiences and our, and our raw, authentic selves. Um, and these days, we're trying to do that even more. And of course, with that comes many different feedbacks. Like we get so much positive feedback for, from our community, which is amazing. But you know, from time to time, of course, there is negativity mm-hmm. that comes there's so many trolls on the internet. Yeah, and yeah. and that's definitely been such a great test of mindfulness because. It's funny, I think I was talking about it the other day. It's, you know, you can have hundreds and hundreds of positive comments and people just pouring their love to you. And then there will be that one comment, that one person that just decides to say something nasty. And then your mind just goes like, and it just focuses on this one individual where like, and you don't even think about the hundreds of other positive Mm -hmm. comments that are coming our way. And it is such an interesting thing to be aware of because you know I struggle with it I'll sit there and be like why would they say that and like you and you you have to really practice like to Mm -hmm. pull yourself out Mm -hmm. of that state because they're winning right like that comment that was their intention is to hurt you or to pull you into that negative energy and they've done it because now we're sitting there and thinking about it and wanting to respond or what should we say back or how could they accuse us or think this of us it's not true you know whatever it is yeah it pulls you into that negative state it's a really interesting phenomenon i think um and it's something that we have our guard up always and juliana i think maybe it's um a little more frequent than myself and that's why i deal with most of the comments (laughs) um because it's a hard it's a hard thing it's not just about thick skinned it's about being conscious to have your guard up at all times mm-hmm. and the second that you know you could get through a bunch of negativity but if you're just having an off moment or you're not mindful about how you're ingesting the words that are you're reading on the screen it can get right through any armor and and it's this really interesting phenomenon where like we're just wired in a way where you know wh- whether we're seeking validation or social approval or whatever it is but to have you know an adversary all of a sudden appear out of the fog and you're and there he is or she is and it's just like all of a sudden you, like this weird thing takes over yeah and it can drive a person mad and i think for anyone that's doing anything online it has you can't run from it you have to you have to learn what tactic you need to digest it properly so that it, you can just walk away it has to be water on your back like on a duck's back because um if it's not it it really does have the power mm-hmm. I've, heard, I've heard people like Jordan Peterson talk about it, like yes, greatest minds, you know, for today's age and be strong, like, and it, and he'll say like, all it takes is one and like, and then people like Joe Rogan, they don't even read the comments. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. just he won't even go there. I don't have, I don't have the strength for this. So it's interesting. It affects all people of all walks of life. Mm-hmm. And, and mindfulness is the only way to, to beat it. I think. I mean, for us, sometimes you have to delete it because if it just like, if you constantly keep seeing it, you just have to get it out of your visual sense and, and move yeah. on. You know, it's like that. Um, I always have this beautiful visual an- uh, analogy that I've heard Eckhart Tolle talk mm-hmm. about once. And it was about, you know, when you watch two ducks or swans in the pond and they fight and they have an argument and then once they're done, they kind of swim away and then they do a little shake and they shake it off and then they just, continue to swim peacefully and so I sometimes when I find myself getting into this like in inside myself into this like fighting mode where I get angry and frustrated I have to almost remember that story mm-hmm. and and swim away and just shake it off and delete the message or just close the computer whatever I have to do to remove myself from the situation and just direct my focus 
onto what's positive, whether it's the positivity from all the hundreds of people out there, or maybe it's going out to nature and just playing with my dog or reconnecting with myself, like whatever I feel I need in that moment, I have to constantly remind myself of that because otherwise it'll eat you. Like if you can't, you can't just, it will, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Yeah, I totally know what you mean. And I'm so glad to have this conversation because you're right. You can get just hundreds and hundreds of positive comments and, and then it's just that one that can eat at you. And I keep thinking of what Wayne Dyer said you know like someone else's opinion of you is none of your business yeah and and, you know when i first heard him say that i thought about it so much i thought what do you mean like the other person's opinion is none of my business and that goes for positive or negative yeah no, you know and and he talks about it a lot or he did you know in, in his different uh in his different blogs and things he would talk about that and that really meant a lot to me to think about that because I've done so many live performances and presentations and yeah I would get like many 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 positives Mm -hmm. and then that one person that would say something negative I'm like oh my gosh why does this affect me this way just like you're saying yeah it's crazy yeah I think it's important too how you said like positive as well because I think um, buying into the negative can be just as hard on you as an individual as buying into the positive mm-hmm. and that's something else like it's great to have positive reinforcement i mean it's encouragement it's an inspiration it can be motivation but all when you need it to be mm-hmm. to, to to access those kinds of lifts from it and i think that's something else we've really tried hard to understand when someone's saying something it doesn't change how we try to be self-aware and mindful that it won't change who we see ourselves but we see that that's how they see us and respect that, mm-hmm. but don't buy into it either. Mm-hmm. You know, be, otherwise, I mean, well, that's how people go nuts. Like you yeah. put yourself on a pedestal yeah. and you feel like you're something more than you are. And I think, well, then your ego takes over yeah. and then you just run by your ego too. So, so on either so, side, your ego yeah. has a, a wide open door to take you in a direction that yeah. is definitely the opposite of mindful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will serve no benefit in the end. So mm-hmm. That's something that I think we've we've really, you know, when we started Bow Beautiful, we tell a story a lot these days, I think. Mm-hmm. But um, when we started it, the first night we put a video online, I remember like we were always talking about how we can't let this affect us in any way because we've come to this place. We know there's this journey ahead of us. We have a road to walk and we have to be as clear-minded and grounded through this journey wherever it takes us as possible. So we had no expectations at all. And I remember that night lying in the dark in bed and we, we had a conversation about no matter which direction this goes, to always remember that moment and that sentiment, positive or negative, however it'll ride. And I think coming back to that has been a really huge sort of touchstone for the two of us, whether it's when wonderful things are happening or when terrible things are happening, to just realize that those are just definitions of things that are happening, that we're putting their labels on those things. And if we can just understand that it is what it is and we're going to just continue doing what we should do, and that's all that really matters. Um, yeah. It's been a great tool for us to just sort of just to stay steady on the course. Yeah, Mark, how has yoga changed your life? Oh, every way possible, every 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 possible way. It's brought me back to like a core of who I am that I think got lost by a society telling me for years of who I should be. And in in that return, um, it brought me back. Like I was saying, it's brought, brought me back to the start of a journey which I was diverted from, I truly believe, um, from all kinds of cultural influence and just like social influence um, in trying to figure out what this all means, this experience, and sort of brought me back to zero and it's allowed us to start again in a way. And not that like, oh, I was born again or any of that kind of like, it's not as melodramatic as that sounds. It just means that I was able to learn to, to get rid of the, a lot of the baggage and then start a journey to get rid of the rest and at the same time figure out what this all actually means to me, not what it means to everyone else that they're telling me it should be. Right. Um, Juliana, I want to ask you, what has been the biggest challenge as you've moved through this journey with Boho Beautiful? Second to think about it. I mean, I definitely would say... um, going back to just the conversation we had was being putting myself, our personal life and everything that we are to the public. And um, 
surrendering to the fact that not everyone's going to like you, not everyone's going to connect with your message or what you wish to share and, you know, dealing with that kind of negativity that may come with it has definitely been a personal challenge for me. Like we were saying, like, I don't even read the comments sometimes because I, I know that it affects me really deeply because everything we do and like the, the classes that you know we share is so close to our hearts and it is everything that comes from here. And so, you know, anything mm -hmm. that comes back that could be with the intention to hurt you or to, um, pull you down into that negative state has been definitely a good, a big challenge of just both beautiful in general, but just being online, you know, putting our life online. Um, but also I would say at times I find the challenge here is, you know, Boho Beautiful has become what we are and it has become our life to a whole new degree, which has been amazing because it's we live and breathe it. You know, there has been no separation. Like we don't go and do what we do and then come home and kind of turn ourselves off. It's like we're always on. We're always thinking about our business, about content, about how we can be more and how we can give more. And I think the, a big challenge has been, you know, finding that space to separate it, to find time for myself, like to find time for my own practice, to find time for my own moments to just read or reconnect with myself, even though we, we talk about it and preach it and, and, sh and encourage everyone to do it. But there have been moments where we're so consumed with the amount of work and because it never ends, right? Like the videos are constantly have to be created and put out and there's always a new project we're working on that a big challenge is to find that place where like you have to stop for a moment and come back to yourself and do what's mm -hmm. needed for yourself so that's definitely been a challenge we've been getting better at it too we we always you know when we take those moments in nature or we'll take from time to time, like a full day off where we just don't it's even. So funny. <laughs> it's not very often, but sometimes but like, we do. <laughs> but like our day off consists of like, we're not opening our phones or our laptops. We're not reading anything out there. Like we're truly disconnecting our brains from boho beautiful and just being two human beings on this planet with our dog, you know? <laughs> so and I, yeah. at times we're like, we're going to do this every Sunday. <laughs> swear to god only like once every four months yeah. like it's crazy wow. it's, yeah. it's just like what are, like and that, i think you're right you nailed it that's probably one of the biggest struggles for sure yeah it's it's finding that balance but not to sound like no, no we're no, victimizing because no. we love what we do exactly. and i think that's that that challenge comes when you find a true passion in your life because mm. you know everything that we've created and that we continue to provide through boho beautiful is our true passion. We love it every single day. Otherwise, we wouldn't be still doing it if, mm -hmm. it, if we didn't love it, right? Because mm -hmm. there's a lot of hard work and a lot of time and energy that has to be put into it. So sure. um, yeah, it's it's been the be biggest blessing in our life. But um, now it's about finding the balance. And, you know, I think what's exciting also for us in this new chapter is having a baby. It's it's going to force us mm -hmm. to slow down a little bit. Like yeah. the baby's due in January and we're already like, okay, we got to tell everyone, like our whole team, like January, we're going to be a little more MIA. Like we're going to actually take a breath and live and be new parents. And, right. and, like, and then we have to find any rhythm inside yeah. it all. Yes. In yes. the same way, like we find a rhythm around Prince. Like mm -hmm. he has a lot of demands in our life. Yeah. And we recognize that that's only a fraction of what's going to happen once we insert another human into our life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's exciting too, because change is like, change is good. Change is really good. Yeah. And to like, yeah. to know that a chapter closes and a new one we get to write and we get to shape it and mold it and turn it into whatever serves that time yeah. the best that it can. That's a really yeah. exciting thing to turn that page. Oh, incredibly yeah. exciting. Incredibly exciting. As we move forward, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. Oh, so I'll just kind of go back and forth okay. between the two of you. Uh, so the first one is this. Who is one person, Juliana, who has influenced your mindfulness practice? There have been many, but it's top, a quick answer. top of my head, I would say <laughs> Muji. Mm -hmm. Muji, okay. uh, yeah. Guruji, he's uh, someone I've been reading and looking up to a lot these days. Mm -hmm. And is there a favorite book that he wrote that you would recommend? Um, he's got many. I've actually been more uh, listening to his satsangs and his podcasts. 
So you can just, um, if you go on his Instagram, I think it's just Muji official. It's spelled um, M-O-O-J-I. Um, he's got tons of new workshops and series that he puts online. And um, he does a lot of satsangs in Rishikesh in India. And people used to travel <laughs> back before the COVID times um, to see him. But now he's turned it all online. And he's just, yeah, just the way he explains and sees the world has been so inspiring to me and i yeah he's a great teacher in my life right now mm-hmm. cool mark how has mindfulness affected your emotions it's taught me the value in a well thought out response versus a reaction um and a reaction i find comes from a place in you that um is very driven by emotional um sort of frequencies in your body where i think response and thinking, taking a breath of mindfulness. I think that, um, I think that represents a true authentic reaction rather than some kind of just like weird human instinct. So Mm. I don't know. I feel that'd be my answer. Yeah. Juliana, how has breathing become a part of your mindfulness practice? Oh, it's been a huge part of my mindfulness practice because it's the one tool that allows me to reground myself anytime I feel like I can't get a hold of my emotions or my reactions or my thoughts. Um, Practicing different uh, breathing techniques like the three-part breath or the ujjayi breathing. Or the Wim Hof even, yeah. Oh, I love Wim Hof. Yeah, (laughs) all of that, it um, allows me that conscious awareness of me bringing in more prana, that life energy into myself, into my body, into my being, which reminds me that I'm in control of that energy as well. So coming to a nice breathing technique, even if it's for a minute or two, whenever the mind gets a little bit out of control, has been one of the greatest tools in my life. Mm. Mark, could you recommend a book that's related to mindfulness? A New, a new Earth, Eckhart yeah. Tolle. Um, yeah, it's a great book. I think that's... One of our favorite books, actually. That's one of my favorite books, yeah. too. I, yeah. I, I was just... I remember a few years ago, I was in this used bookstore, and this book just seemed to call my name, you know? And I, and I thought, hmm, I wonder what it is with this book, you know? And I took it home and I was just so entranced yeah. by that book. It's wild. It's a book that finds you when you're ready, I think. It really is. I think yeah. when we found it too, I was like, I'm really going to read this? Like I was at that stage in my life. I'm like, it's called a new earth. Like it just sounded like, this is not me. But somehow we knew that like... It called to you. Yeah. yeah. And and it, it, it at the same time as the beginning of all this was a massive piece of like we were ready to start thinking about that about existence and consciousness from a from a secondary position rather than like Juliano was saying earlier being in the driver's seat and that book was the single tool that i think allowed us to start accomplishing that mm-hmm. yeah well my last question is about an app and i know uh, juliana you mentioned about your app so i'm i want you to tell us about that and if there are any other apps that can help with mindfulness yeah, we just uh, recently, in the last three weeks, released our official Boho Beautiful. It's a streaming platform and app, so it's both. And um, it contains, you know, every every single piece of content we've ever made. So yoga, meditations, fitness, even, you know, our blogs where we talk and discuss different topics and podcasts that we kind of do on our own and um, just ideas that we love to share with our community. So we were able to put it into a beautiful format where people can watch without any commercials or disruptions. And the app allows you to also schedule a whole month or week or whatever you need from our classes that people can really create their own beautiful schedules for themselves to follow. So that's have, has been a, a beautiful project that we're very proud of that we yeah. were able to release and that's uh, exciting yeah, yeah people can find it by just going to bohobeautiful.tv and all the information is there um so yeah that has been part of our whole six months i'd say of creation it's funny we don't have a lot of apps but yeah in regards to apps that we use for mindfulness itself i'm, I'm trying to think right now that- i don't think I would say there is a beautiful app um, called Commune 
mm-hmm. we think it was mm-hmm. you know it was beautiful because yeah, that's a great, that's they a great have one. they have yoga classes but they also have many different speakers and different courses mm-hmm. and things for people to dive into uh, on different subjects and i think that's a beautiful a tool to use for whatever anyone's seeking in their life because there's a lot to offer there mm-hmm. and happy cow happy cow for us because it helps us stay mindful about um, wonderful (laughs) vegan options everywhere we go it's like the the, honestly i don't know what we would have done in the last four years without happy cow we use it everywhere all over the world yeah Yeah. (laughs) and it allows us to come back to our food and 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 find the highest vibrational clean tell us more about happy cow because i don't know that app (laughs) oh it's just it's just a it's the like the world database of vegan restaurants and okay that's what i thought yeah vegan vegetarian or even like healthy food like so whatever city or clean grocery store yeah like, like you would just put like the city that you're in it'll open a map and it'll show you all the um grocery stores uh, shops like vegan like, restaurants all, anything in that yeah. culture i think yeah. would be like just like high vibrational businesses it's one way mm-hmm. it's, driven, yeah. it's driven by actually a wonderful uh, team down in california and we know um, we spent some time with them actually when we first started when we were doing our tour for us, mm-hmm. um, which was really cool. And but I think it's what's cool about meeting them and like sort of being friends with them is that um, it's been such a vital piece of like like we were saying like bring our plate is a very very um, huge part of our mindfulness and it's mm-hmm. helped us like you know really seek um, the different experiences of trying all kinds of different food. Yeah. Um, no matter where we are. No matter where we are. And it's a wonderful user-generated database, too. So there's all kinds of good reviews that you can rely on. Um, and it's just a really, I don't know. So if anyone's stuck somewhere and they don't know where to eat, they can just find a good place, to, a healthy place on Happy Cow. Yeah, and it's free. Like So it's like, why yeah. do it? Like, it's better. We use it probably more than we use, like, Apple Maps some yeah. of the time, you know, like, or whatever. That's great. That's so <laughs> awesome. And I'll put all of this information in our show notes at mindfulnessmode.com. And your website bohobeautiful.life what can we expect to find there it's sort of just like the the home hub. base <laughs> hub for the ecosystem so there's yeah. every, like you can stream our all our videos from there um but you can also buy, like you can look into our premium programs like the toxify that we were talking about earlier our book is our book is there for sale there and we actually have tons of other uh programs that we're very proud of that we created over the last four years you know Think anywhere from like fitness programs to we even did a Boho Beautiful Retreat last year, which was a home retreat for people to embark on, which we even thought was perfect now with COVID times and people aren't able mm-hmm. to travel and, and go to yoga retreats abroad. They're able to experience something similar to that in the comfort of their own home. So we have, you know, retreat is on there. So there's there's tons to to search and look through and enjoy. And, mm-hmm yeah we don't we post some blogs sometimes but not a lot you know um but there's also there's a newsletter you sign up to you can get some of our books for free through it actually which is um just our way of like introducing you to the ecosystem um but it's just sort of the hub you know that's kind of like it's not i don't know it's not, it has everything to offer but nothing unique at the same time because it comes from all kinds of other places in our ecosystem yeah Well, it is so great to connect with both of you, two truly mindful people who are living the life, walking the walk. You know, it's just great to connect with you. And thank you so much for being on Mindfulness Mode today. Yeah, thank you for having us. This has been such a valuable time. Yeah, it's been beautiful to to dive into the past Mm -hmm. and the future. And And just connect with somebody that shares the same values. It's really, you know, these kinds of moments are always you know, high on our value list. Yeah. So thank you for having us. So, so grateful. And, and congratulations on uh, what's coming up for you being new parents and all that excitement moving to Costa Rica. I'm very thrilled for you. Thank Thank you you so much. Thank you so much, Bruce. Okay. Bye now. Bye. Hey, Mindful Tribe. Thanks for joining us on the show today. I hope you enjoyed it. Always, we appreciate when you share Mindfulness Mode or when you leave a review on iTunes. We appreciate that as well. And oh, hey, Mindful Tribe, I've been interviewing guests from the movie The Secret. I'm sure you've noticed Marie Diamond, Bob Doyle, Travis Fox, Hale Dwoskin, Dr. John Demartini. And now there's been a new movie made about how to implement the law of attraction, how to actually implement.
implemented. Before it was more like, what is the law of attraction? That was the secret. And now this new movie, more about how to implement that. And the movie is called How Thoughts Become Things. So you can actually get this movie for yourself so you can watch it and watch it and watch it again. You can download it for just $19 and be inspired over and over. Get the movie by going to my affiliate link, mindfulnessmode.com slash howthoughts. And last time I mentioned that I have a new sponsor for the show, it's the Cascade Hypnosis Center. And you can visit the Cascade Hypnosis Center at cascadehypnosiscenter.com. And you can, you know, if you have challenges with, say, overeating or, you know, drinking too much or smoking and you just want to give it up and you can't figure out why it's not disappearing, why you can't seem to kick some of these habits, or maybe you've got a mindset issue that you just can't get past, they can help you with all this. And also, if you've ever thought of ways that you can help other people more, you can actually become a consulting hypnotist and help other people with some of these issues. So visit their website, check it out. There's so much to offer. It's called the Cascade Hypnosis Center. It's located in Washington State. I am currently studying with them and taking a terrific course about how to be a consulting hypnotist and i'm enjoying it so much it's packed with valuable information so check that out and take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm focus and happiness stay in the mode